This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. All right. Uh, usually, we would launch straight into question time and all the usual jazz, but we've had some breaking news literally five minutes before we sat down to record, and that is that Ray Warren has announced his retirement. Uh, stranded on 99 State of Origin games, Mitchell, as you said, out of respect for the Don. Yeah, um, even though it's not even yeah. close. Same, the joke works. The joke works. It works. It plays. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, we knew this day was coming. Um, he hasn't called a game this year. Uh, but yeah, uh, obviously a very seismic moment in our rugby league watching lives. He's been as much a part of our experience with the sport as anyone. He has been. And we hear players talk about it too. Like Something about Ray Warren calling your highlights makes him special. And he has been finished for years. And I actually don't want him calling regular NRL games. But it's going to feel weird him not doing origin or the grand final from here. Like he was, he's washed as we know. He, you know, even when the blues won origin and he didn't send that pump when Tedesco won that game, like it still rabs his voice. He's still the, like the voice of rugby league. And the other guys, whilst, you know, Matt Thompson and, and Peter Basaltis like, are competent callers. They just don't have the rabs voice. They just don't. And that's not something you can gain. You know, it's just something Rab's had. Rab's had the voice and it had everything else on top of that. Maintained, he's really the last we'll have of his type in Australian sports commentary now, right? Like, Bruce McAvaney's pretty much done as well, right? Yeah. Uh, like, he's, he's just wants, he just loves winks, right? Yeah, but this is like that generation of callers that were still, they're almost like radio callers almost, but the guys who cut their teeth like 40 years ago, you know, your Richie Benno's, your, your Rabs Warren's, your Bruce McAvaney's mentioned, those guys who, are, who are, you know, and even though Richie was a player, they felt like career callers, you know, and Rabs is one of those. And you never knew who Rabs' favorite team was. You know, you knew who he supported, like the players, you knew the players he liked or the names he liked saying. He loves saying Darius Boyd for some reason. That was one of the ones yes. he liked saying. But, you know, you knew that stuff, but we never knew who Rabs supported. You never really got opinions for him, or you got them sometimes. He never developed relationship with players, never developed relationship with coaches. He's probably the last truly we'll have of the independent feeling caller, the play-by-play caller who called the moments when they like called the actual moments, didn't overhype the others. His voice was the hype. We didn't need him to say things were beautiful. We knew they sure. were. His voice was the hype. He's the last of well, that this generation. Well, this is why, right, like even in the last few years where the majority of us have watched games mostly on KO because it's easier and it's it's like 30 seconds faster than nine now and the quality of streaming is better, all that stuff. This is why even despite all that stuff, me and Camper were always like, oh, you got to watch the finals on nine. You got it because Rabs is commentating and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a big game. And if it, it Rabs makes it feel more like a big game than anybody else. Yeah, that's hundred percent, and he does he does do that, and that's why I was cool with him not calling regular season games. We knew at the start of the year, like it leaked that he wasn't on the schedule for like eleven rounds, so that's just passed. So I guess the retirement's just kind of been buried here, but we still it'll be weird having him not there at Origin and not there for the grand final, and it's big shoes to fill for Matt Thompson, like giant, 
and I'm not sure he's the man to fill those boots, but he'll get the first like track, it looks like. I, again, like I said, I don't mind him, you know. He's improved, but he just never feels like that guy, forget me. He feels like a good second caller who's their main caller now to me, you know. And, uh, like, same thing. What's his name in... um? There's, there's like you know Mike Brain in the NBA as well, but there's a couple of two guys in uh, in, in England now. I forgot both their goddamn names. The guy who calls the Liverpool games now, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, result. Peter Drury. Uh, yes, and uh, and who's uh, and Martin Tyler. Yeah. Like again, Martin Tyler's very guys. much the Rabs, where he's like kind he of to say he's finished, and Peter Drury's not finished yet. But like those guys, a lot of them. There's only a few with the voice in each sport who also have a bit of a way with words, and it's. You know, they, they, um, like, whereas Rabs is that here, and we don't have that for Matt Thompson, you know, like Rabs never pulled a stat out of his, of his life, didn't matter, didn't need to, no, didn't need to. He, he told stories on the field and called moments that happened, and uh, it'll be weird without him, and definitely needed to retire probably like years ago, but it still sucks. Like, he's been mixing players up forever, yeah, like, mate, he called Michael but- Jennings Siv and Siva once, and that was like. A, that was like, like a, a decade lot of years ago. ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like a decade ago. It's like because it's like geez, Rabs, you cannot see from up there. <laughs> like you can't. And he's such a unique character in that sense. Still, as I said, he kept that separation. He would. He hated flying, you know, and, and he still falls in that weird basket of like. There's very little people around the game that have a gravitas to everyone in the game. Like Rabs is still a thing to people who work with Rabs. You know, he's still on a pedestal to the guys who sit next to him. So, you know, yeah. like Gus was that, put him in a there, there was that story that Ray Warren used to, uh, he used to, when he did have to fly, he'd play like Tetris on a really old Game Boy. And that was yeah. how he took his mind off flying, which I love. I love that. Right. Yeah, same. And, uh, you know, he's, there's nothing to prove, which is right. And not, my, not many other words have come out, but that's the most rabbit's way possible. We don't know a goddamn thing about him. And that's part of his greatness. Like, we really don't know anything about Ray Warren, the person. He went on the footy show once ever, and it was an anti ad, for example. You know, so the footy right, show was really, yeah. The footy show yeah. was around forever. It was huge. Oh, it was once, at least in the first like fifteen years of it. Probably after. I haven't got that stat anymore. But it was like he went. He did an anti ad that was terrible, and that was it. Oh wow, I don't know. But yeah, it's it's a big day for it's a big day for rugby league, and uh, I don't know. Like, I guess they have a budget now. There'll probably be a call they make on someone else in the future as well. But who is it? Like people thought. I thought the same thing. Like. Like a decade ago, I thought it was going to be Warren Smith. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to have that, right? Like Channel 9 don't seem to be in for Warren Smith. Do you have any 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 caller you'd... Uh, I'll do it. You'll do it. That's a good Yeah. Bet. Well, that's not that bad. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I can... I mean, I don't, I think, is Warren Smith sneaky old, by the way? Uh, Yeah. I was watching like... I think Coleman sent us some video the other day man. of like... No, no, he sent us a video of like when like the yeah. Australian Baseball League was in its pomp in like 1990 and Warren Smith was like the sideline guy for Channel 10. Yeah. Covering baseball. And this coverage was like ridiculously old. So yeah. I'll look this up real quick. Ray doesn't say, I don't know. doesn't say. I don't know his age either, but it's like, because they don't, they don't show us in, because Fox have been calling from a TV, right? We don't see Warren Smith in the box anymore. You know, I haven't seen that cross. So I don't actually know if he's looking old as dirt, but he's he's been he said that's thirty years ago. Like he was at least yeah. twenty, you know. So he's in his fifties as well, and I don't know if they're going to put a guy, you know, in his fifties as their main guy. But I think he's the the most apt. Uh, I thought it was he was it was it at one point to you know to represent the voice of the game, but I guess we don't really have a voice of the game anymore anyway now with the 
the callers. We had yeah. two split networks. Only Grand Final and Origin are exclusive to nine. Yeah, Still very exactly. sad. Very sad for the current generation of players. Might have never got, got a try called by Way Warren. If you if you debuted in the last two years, you just missed out pretty much. That's true. Sad. Yeah, it is sad. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, Coltrane Cup. Um, tough week this week because obviously there's only four games. If people are new listeners to the show, every week we have a tipping competition where you pick one match per week. There's a couple other rules that you can't tip against the same team or for the same team two weeks in a row, blah, blah, blah. But this week it's obviously a bit harder, Mitchell, because there's only four games to go. So what are you thinking? Mate, this week is chaos. Like the bye weeks are always chaos. But when you look at this one now, like I do think Penrith are going to shit it in over the Bulldogs despite the players they're missing. But are you really using a Penrith tip this week? I can't anyway, but I wouldn't be using a Penrith home tip this week. So you end up left with the Cowboys versus the Titans. Good luck to you. Like I know the Titans, the Cowboys have been good, but you know Ben Hampton's at six there. They're they're missing. Like Nano's at the biggest loss anyway. They should win that game, but who knows? And then you've got Manly versus C the uh, sorry versus Warriors and Manly are a dollar fifty, but they're without DCE. They've got four at seven, Schuster at six. Schuster doesn't look in any shape to play in the halves this year. Uh, the four pack looks average, you know, and then how do you trust the Warriors? And in the last game, it's like, I look at the Raiders roosters and I, and I do think I'm going to end up on the roosters, but they've even had up situ- had a situation where they've got guys into camp. I don't think they're going to get in. I didn't think they'd be down Daniel Tupo, you know, and it's not like that seal at the biggest thing, but it's like, are we going to have like Kevin Nagama and Billy Smith on opposite sides of the field. It's like you wait, both sides of the field are weak in there for them. But I think that's the pick. I think I have to go to the Roosters and back them against the Raiders. And just the Raiders, no white and Savage is bad for their defense. And also no Papa, Papali. Like, I think that's my pick, Roosters. Yeah. I don't like um, it. Uh, I have really still been, I, I, I'm between Manly and Roosters. I've been tossing up all day. Um, I also thought about just tipping the Cowboys against the Titans again, but I don't know if I can pick a team with Ben Hampton in the halves, but the Titans are awful and they don't have Fafita and Tino. Um, mm. So, yeah, the, it's kind of funny because like, you could make a case for them. You could make a case for Cowboys, Bulldogs, Manly or Roosters this week, I think, as your Coltrane pick. Um, but it's tough. It's real, real tough. Um, I think I'm going to go. I, I probably should have looked at who I haven't picked yet. I think I've. I mean, the Roosters are obviously a team that you want to pick more than once anyway. Well, I haven't uh, picked them yet myself. Hmm. You know, like, yeah, for me, I have left the Roosters. Now yeah. I've just picked them then. The Knights, Tigers, Warriors, Raiders, Bulldogs. So pretty much everyone playing this week. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Panthers okay. and Manly. I haven't picked but, the Sharks uh, yet, which is crazy. That is crazy. Oh, I, haven't uh, picked the Roos- I haven't picked the Roosters yet. Okay, yeah, I'm yeah. picking them. There we go. Yeah, it's one of those things. I don't really... Everyone's kind of saving the Warriors for that return to the New Zealand game. And they're totally going to lose that game. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not picking them for that, right? That's that's round 22 against... That might be when I pick the... um, That's round... Sorry, no, what do they go back? They don't go back round uh, 16 against the Tigers. Sorry, don't they? Like, that might be when I pick the Tigers. Legit. You know? Yeah. Zag. The old Zag. Yeah, because everyone's going to be in the Warriors... And they, they test, it's just the most worrying thing ever to lose that game. Because after hearing half the team doesn't want to go back to New Zealand, mm. you know, and then the Warriors do host the Bulldogs in New Zealand in round 22. Like that could be what I end up doing there. 
the Bulldogs, like, I really want to tip them. I really do, but it's like, do they I think they're going to lose. I think they're going to lose. Look why the couldn't Panthers they play, side. like, a shit team this week? Oh, well, yeah. Like, why couldn't the they side? get... Yes, they lost Cleary and Lu- uh, Luai, but they still... Like, Sean O'Sullivan was fine. Their forward pack's going to dust them. Why That's couldn't it. they get the Titans this week? I'd, tip, I'd pick them. Yeah. I would pick them against that Titans team, but... Like, as yeah. you said, the forward, like they're missing, you know... He, he's had an up-and-down season, but they're missing Pangai, for example, right? Like, they're missing Pangai. It's just, like, the, to- the Panthers missing Yo for them, you know? Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. yeah. And, All right. like, guys like, you know... Robert Jennings is sucks, but I'm not going to tip against the Panthers because they've got Robert Jennings. Bobby Fortress, what a player. Um, yeah, so Kurt both, Falls, both great on, name. We're both on the uh, the Roosters. Yeah. What a time and, in uh, life. Apparent origin bound, Jermaine Hop Good, mate, hasn't, uh, hasn't oh, even practiced 17. That's outrageous. outrageous. Big rise to origin next year. Yeah, it's going to be a meteoric one. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we've got Rookie Takes. New listeners, uh, Rookie Takes, our weekly segment where uh, the fans submit uh, the worst rugby league opinions of the week we get five finalists we carve it down to one winner via a vote every week but this is this week's five finalists um this week we got steven york in a panthers fan group anyone else think it's ridiculous that we don't have a buy this week seeing that we have a handful of players out when teams like melbourne and brisbane get a buy tigers have no players in rabbitos only have cook in not true and sharks only have Hines in and they all get a buy ludicrous does he understand there's more than one origin game? I don't think so. But also, Souths have Murray as well. But, but you know, like in this situation here, right, they bitched last year about their, their, their run ending over origin. Ooh. The NRL have done you the biggest favor. You get to play the Bulldogs without, without Pangai too. Like, Correct. You're, you're playing about? the Bulldogs over origin, and then you have a buy the next one. And you want one the next one, right? Because your fellas aren't tired yet. You don't want the buy this time. You want the buy in round 17. And yep. like, because that's, the one you know for the last game you want you want that buy then and they're one of the teams that got that buy that would rather have, well, Broncos are the buy now I'd much rather have the buy in round 17 yes I agree um <laughs> Brett Robinson an ankle tap isn't a tackle and should be penalized oh. as a trip plus 10 in the bin <laughs> this is in the this is very much in the spirit of rookie takes this is a good harmless very stupid opinion he'd probably back it up like Benny Elias as well you know, oh, I'm not worried about that or that or that. <laughs> like, like, okay, so you can like you can tackle someone to the like what part of the shin are you talking? Good question. I don't know. When does it turn from tackle to trip? Is it like mid shin? Uh, yep, yep, uh, halfway up. There you go. Unless you start wearing socks that are that are colored yes, in bars. There you man. go. You can't touch the socks. That's it. That's it. No matter what length the socks are, you can't touch them. Oh, that's so funny. Next one. Oh, God. All right. Yeah. Okay. They're better this uh, year, by the way. I much more enjoy rookie takes now when I just shake yeah. my head at like, this is the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. Uh, rugby league guru. Cam Murray in. Liam Knight out. I've got to ask, why are the Bunnies rushing Cam back with the Origin Series on Cam's doorstep? Surely just give him an extra week off, right? Yes. South should do the Blues a favor and not try mm. to win the game. They should. They should. Uh, like, I've got respect for Rugby League Guru. He had, he's a takes for I respect for him that he's turned what he's got into, like, a full-time platform. But, mate, come on. That's classic a casual fan comment thinking about Origin over or- a South. Like, come on, mate. They didn't They're end- not here to win games for the Blues. And I, I love this from fans always about the rush rushed him back. It's like, what the fuck do you know? You don't know anything. 
Well, like, we heard he tried to play know, last week. Yeah. For <laughs> all you know, exactly right. For all you know is that he was ready to play last week and they rested the extra one. That's because the original timeline was X. Doesn't mean it took him that long to recover. It's always one of those great falsities. Everyone's always like, oh, I don't rush him back or whatever. And it's, mate, you don't fucking know. You don't know what the injury's like, the recovery's like. You don't know if the team's rushing back or not. But also, Souths were kind of in a we need a, we need a win here situation. Yeah, needed a win. Got it. They did, mind you. But, That's uh, it. Yeah. And they don't care about Origin. And Origin no. was a week and a half away. If he was like, they don't give. A, if he misses that game, they don't give a fuck. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, not great. They had to buy as well. Fuck me. Whatever. I hate that shit. Do, behave yourself, Alex yeah. McKinnon. This idea that teams need a superstar oh, spine yeah. to compete for a premiership is an NRL myth. The Cowboys, Sharks, and Broncos are proof that middle forwards have just as big an impact on winning as the halves. Now, let's just look at the Broncos of those three straight away. Um, I'd argue that Adam Reynolds is probably the main change in the team from last year. Like Payne Haas was still there last year. Um, well, yeah, I don't have to say anything about the, what you told me about this. People know. Everyone's thinking it. You know, everyone's thinking it. But... The weird thing he's, that's been said about this Bungard is that he says you don't need a good spine to challenge for the premiership. And he's just named decent teams after 11 or 12 rounds of a season. It's like, so you're telling me, like, do you really think the Broncos and Cowboys are in contention, Alex? Like, do you really think that? I mean, all you have to do is look at the halves of each of the grand final winning Everyone. teams. Like, Every every team that's won the grand final recently. I mean, we're not going to go back through like all of them. Obviously, I did, but because I'm I'm insane. Oh, okay, <laughs> so last year, Cleary Toto, uh, 2020, Jerome Hughes and Cam Munster. 2019 was it Luke Cleary and Cooper Cronk? Yes, yeah, Luke Cleary. Cooper Cooper Cronk, I, by 20... the way, just just want to say. What that. did I say? Toto. Did I say Toto? What's wrong with me? Yeah, um, and I'm off him since uh, he's idols now. Jesus, I'm off him. So we have yeah, to point true. that out. <laughs> uh, 2018 again, same guys. 2017 is that. Munster and uh, Cronk, Munster and Cronk. Yes, it is. Yep. And uh, twenty six and the full spine is... there, like it's you know Smith, yeah. Munster, Cronk, Slater. Oh yeah, we're not even factoring in the hookers and fullbacks either, which yeah. obviously Cam Smith, pretty good. But um, yeah, twenty sixteen, the Sharks was um Maloney and Townsend. It might be the like, and the thing is, but also that Ennis comp, right? and Ben Barber, like all they, good but players. they might be the weakest spine to win the comp in the last yeah. decade, and it's ten still years, good. right? And it's still got Michael Ennis, Ben Barber. James Maloney and Chad Townsend. And that might be the weakest one of the last 10 years. Well, 2015 was, yeah, Thurston and Michael Morgan, Coot at fullback yeah. and Granville at hooker. Granville and played great in that game. People so might that's... point that one out, but Coot and Granville had a great year. Michael Morgan and Thurston. Like, I mean, we know who Thurston is and Morgan was an origin. Yeah. Uh, 2014 was like Greg Inglis, Adam Reynolds, Luke Keary. And well, it was Appy Korosher, but should have been. Yeah. Isaac Luke, but whatever. But Both even great players. Coruscant's quality as well, yeah. Yeah, uh, 2013 was the Roosters. Uh, Mitchell Pierce. So yeah, fair point. Fair, fair point, Alex. Okay, fair one, point. one. <laughs> no, but they they still had James Maloney, Anthony Minicello, and Jake Friend. Jake Friend, of course. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to keep going back further. No, no, but, but the point the, is the ones like, I thought were right. So the closest you can get to a not great spine in the my Bulldogs opinion. losing the grand final in 2014. No, 2010. Or the Cowboys losing it in 2017. Like 2010, right? Is the closest I can kind of get. Oh, it's like Soward, it's... Hornby, Darius Boyd, Dean, and Dean, Dean Young. Young. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay, but Darius Boyd was at the best player in the comp that year. Yes, he was. And Soward was awesome too. He was. And they just had that, like, they had like, like what was it, like 11 or 12 players who played Origin? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. You're, you're, you're right, Alex. If you can get a team 
that still has the best player in the comp in the spine and then has like Mark Gasnier, Matt Cooper, Brett Morris, Jason yeah. Nightingale as your outside then, backs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you get like 10 other represented players in there. You're right. It doesn't. And then you have Jamie Sowart, who also played Origin. Okay. Yep. Maybe an okay hooker and a 5-8 then. Then you can win a comp. Lapini Payer started for the Roosters in that grand final. Yeah, he did. You but yeah, well, you said there, mate. And, then, and, and like, it's, you know, the, another weak one. They're not even weak. You go back like, oh, is the Bulldogs grand final winning spine the next weakest? But again, that Bulldogs team is insane in 2004. Mate, if you disrespect Shifty Sherwin again, we're going to fight. That's it. And that's what like, you're trying to find. When you're trying to find the weakest spines, they're not weak. That's but true. Like, oh, Corey that was... Hughes, Luke Patton, him and Anasta? Uh, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you go back there, it's like, oh, that's the worst spine. They did have, like, the greatest forward pack of all time. So, that's a fair point. If you have the greatest forward pack of all time, you can get away with still having a pretty good spine of Luke Patton, Brayton Astor, Brent Sherwin, and, oh, Adam Perry started. Corey Hughes was on the bench. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. Adam Perry started. And then, like, yeah, 2003 was, like, I wasn't like, oh, I was like, oh, maybe in the in retrospect. Oh, yes, Luke Prittis, who had the greatest grand final game in history. Yep. With Craig Gower, uh, Preston Campbell, Reese Wesser. Yeah. Yeah. Preston Gable, who'd won a Dallium, Reese Wesser has played Origin. Craig Gower. Yeah, 2002, you know, Brad Fittler and Craig Wing in the halves. Pretty good. Yep. Luke Phillips and uh, Simon Benetti. Not bad. Not mugs either. And then the three before that, you've got like. Oh, yes. You know, Andrew Johns and yes, Danny Medeiros. Yes. And then, <laughs> exactly. And then you had the Broncos for two of those. Oh, yeah. Lockyer, Lockyer Kevin Walters, Ben Eichen, and Luke Prittis again. Yeah. Real tough. And then the earlier one has Alfie in it. And then, you know, you you know what? You get to that yeah. Storm team. Maybe, there you go, mate. Richard Swain, Still got Brett Brett Morley, Matt Geyer, Robbie Ross. Yeah. I mean, they're decent players. Maybe that's the one. Yeah, we're not going back past the NRL era. But then, yeah, no, 98, no, Lockyer, Walters, Alfie, and who the fuck's Philip Lee? Oh, mate, love Philip Lee. Got injured, though. Career ended. Oh, okay. All right. But it's well, like, yeah, go. okay, Alex. But if, but if you want to come fourth or fifth, he's right. You don't really need, you don't need to have the best spot. Mm. Just, it just anyway. All right, we wasted a lot of time on that take, but it was but, worth it. Oh, it's it just funny. And also, like, yeah, as you said there. So the thing, the thing about the Broncos and the Cowboys to get good this year is they both recruited heavily in the spine. But you know, like the Broncos spine has what two new recruits, and they weren't playing Corey Pakes. Three new recruits: Billy Walters and Corey Pakes as well. So four. It's Tamari Reynolds, Pakes, Walters, and then you have the Cowboys went and got Dearden. Went and got Townsend. Uh, have removed Jake Granville from the rotation, and then they've made Scott Drinkwater the fullback after they tried Hammer. Like, I don't know what I don't know if he, what arguments he thinks he's making. And now you start to understand why he was like a recruitment manager at the Knights for like a year, and that was it. <laughs> like, get him out of here. Mm. Yes. All right, uh, and finally, uh, this one's a Instagram comment from Troy Fit seventy eight. It's about Payne Haas. I would bench him for the rest of the season. Play him in Park Footy because this club built him, and now he is crapping on them. They upped his contract each and every time he thought he was worth more, and he's asking for an immediate release now. How can you ever recover a business relationship with a player like this? Not to mention the off-field drama he has caused the club. Seriously, he should not be paying. The, he should, seriously, he should be paying the club back tenfold not asking for more. He has a great motor, but a very limited set of skills. He works hard, but so does a majority of NRL players. In order to win comps, you need a salary cap in order and paying a forward in excess of a mil is the best way to never have continual success. See you at the park, Payne. And he follows up, swap him for Munster now. I mean... Th- Parts of things- that are true. Parts of that yes. are fair points. They are. But also the thing, swapping for Munster, it's like, this sounds great. How? <laughs> yeah, why would the storm do that? And also, like, yeah, I don't think the majority of NRL players can do what Payne Haas does. I Correct. don't think that's fair. 
Like I do uh, agree in most instances, there's not many middle forwards worth a million dollars, but I was pro Tamalolo yes. having it. And I've got to be pro Payne Haas having it. It's like Payne Haas is one of those guys that you could put like no middle around him. He'd still win the middle. And it's not that he just tries hard and he's fit. It's that he does that to a level higher than the other guys. You know? Like he can play 80 minutes at his size. It's crazy. Whatever. He's just bad take. Yeah. Um, did you see that eye gouge in the New South Wales Cup, by the way? I haven't seen it. I just I just about saw it. it. I just I just retweeted it if you want to go on Twitter and watch it. But yeah, yeah, Brandon but... Wakeham, four weeks for eye gouging time. It's and he, really and he, bad. And he accepted it instantly. That's how you knew it was bad. Well, because he, he fucking <laughs> that's so bad. Wow, and then and he only got he's, four weeks, you're saying. He's legit done that on purpose. Go watch it. Anyway, uh that's rookie takes for this week. Oh uh, wow. Are... He, oh my god. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. about the worst eye gouge I've ever seen. Legitimately. And I've read George Pickens' book where he talks about how he pulled Malcolm Riley's eye out of its socket. Like, there's definitely um, been ones who've dug into the eyes more, but this is the dude standing up and he's reached in with his fingers straight yeah, out. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. All insane. right, that's Rookie Takes this week. Uh, to vote, you must remember our Patreon subscription service. Go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. And a quick shout out to people in the top two tiers of our Patreon. And they are Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Alex, Anthony Anger, Ben Wallace, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Frankie, Jace Felix, Farnworth, James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Joey Gooch, who lost his perfect Coltrane this week, sad. There's only two perfect brackets remaining. Josh Brandon, Josh Tomo, 98, Lachlan Hancock, Lee Verhul, Leon, lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Ferguson, Maddie Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I'm sad, never trendy, party keg, Pete Fulcher, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Schneiderfield score, Seymour Butts, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Schwarzy, Ty, TV, the Black Vegetable, the Not So Mature Student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Was. Thank you so much for your support. Everyone in the lower tiers and everyone who just listens, thank you as well. Yeah, so on Coltrane, two perfect brackets left. Uh, guest host, M. Sprouster, and uh, Jamie Bradham, Raiders fan. The only two 12 and 0 brackets remaining. Could we have back to back Raiders fans winning it? Who knows? Maybe. Maybe we might. Oh, and, and we well, got some works for news, Coltrane. We've got some news on the merch front, Mitchell. We do. Uh, probably, hopefully tonight, but maybe in the next day or two, we'll have a, uh, a merch provider set up. It'd be like, uh, orders will be done at, at just like it was like spreadsheet, but they're in Australia, rugby league merch provider, pay as you go kind of thing, you know. So we don't have to do bulk orders or get numbers. We'll, we'll you'll get whatever you want. With uh, we've got a couple of things coming. The first one we're gonna do an 06 vibes, so we've got to jump on the bandwagon. We're on there, that's the first they look, thing coming. They look good, they look good. Uh, I'll, I'm gonna buy a hoodie of it myself because it's winter, yeah. and uh, there'll be other options as well. The guys in Patreon, we do owe you guys merch, but what we would rather do in our opinion anyway is just provide you a fat discount so if you want that merch rather than us sending you something worth like five or ten dollars or whatever yeah we'll give you a fat whack off so oh excuse me yes i said that i'll give him a fat whack off a fat whack cut that cut that cut that that's fine (laughs) it's fine yeah you can get on we'll we'll tweet it out later that's an extra that's a that's a very exclusive put that on the shirt the old old fat whack off I want to get catch and fall merchant as a shirt as well. Yeah, I think we, that's a good we one. should do that one too. That's that, yeah. that, that is on brand. But yeah, we'll get an 06 vibes one out there for the for the Broncos fans. Anyone else is feeling like it's a bit of an 06 vibe around the place. If uh, if Australia make the last 16 of the World Cup, I'll buy an 06 vibes shirt because there be, you go. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a very. I might just put money on that. Like they might <laughs> not even make, make the World Cup. Know, much exactly. less fucking get out of the group. There'll be a lot of so. odds on that, like long odds. And by yeah, the way, for those on Patreon, if we. Just a random thing to mention. We've had a guy whose name was being read out. It doesn't alert you if you've your payments lapsed. I've just found that out, Bunga, by the way. So 
Oh. People don't get told. They just stop getting the emails. So oh. I don't know. Every first of the month, if you think there's an issue, you're not getting out emails for cold usually No, it's usually like the third of the month for some yeah, reason. Yeah, sorry, because it's like yeah. American billing. But if you're not getting the cold train email or similar, check that you paid. Like, because yeah. that's that's what it is essentially. And obviously, it it so it just stops. It doesn't tell you guys that you've stopped paying. But it happened earlier in the in the year that you sent a cold train email. And we had like 15 people hit us up. It's probably just your payment. Had, been missed mm-hmm. so check that Sorted out if you no broke boys allowed all right and without any further ado let's get into the questions are you serious <laughs> we're gonna have any questions okay question time over on patreon.com forward slash and boom rookies where i'll whack you off if yes. you are sending a question apparently uh, I do want to mention it again before we move on. I'm, I'm far more enjoying rookie takes this year. When we, when we actually make this discussion, we got rid of all things, the racist and sexist and just got dumb shit. It's great, and we get to talk about and it. Somehow, sometimes they lead to genuine discussion. Yeah. It's good. Uh, the not so mature age student. Do you think the slump of in form of a lot of top teams have had is due to lack of lower grade comps? I look at Penrith and wonder if it's more so the team is pretty much unchanged from last year. But others have made the changes have had the lower grades bringing players up through their system. No. Uh, what I'll say is the last few years of rugby league, even like before the, the PVL rules, for 2018 to like 2021, we had this weird period where just good teams just won all their games. Yeah. And that's just it's, not been like, rugby let's league not historically. Forget, let's not forget 2018. The final series was secured like four weeks before, like, the gap between yeah. the top, the top eight was the closest it had ever been. I think first and eighth were separated mm-hmm. by one win or two wins or something. But like ninth was like four wins behind eighth. Like it was yeah. over. And that a was a, a close comp in different ways. But the last couple of years we've had teams at the top of the ladder have had like two losses, three losses. Like that's ridiculous amounts. You know, if you're going to, like last year, Bunnies lost four games and finished third. Mm. Like that's ridiculous. For context, the context, before- that 2018 season, yeah. First yeah. was the Roosters, 16 and eight. Mm-hmm. Eighth was the Warriors, fifteen and nine. West Tigers ninth, twelve and twelve. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you look back, even like twenty twenty, the Panthers lost one game, as we all know. Storm four, Eels four, whatever. But the last couple of years, parity's really that. What that one year you're mentioning there it was it was flat. But the last like three or four years, parity's kind of been removed. Yeah, big time. And what we've seen this year is a bit of return to parity, and it's kind of shocked us. You know, like. When the Broncos won the comp, right? This was one of the reasons I was laughing at the the Payne Haas wanting those um those clauses in his contract about top eight, top four, whatever. When the Broncos won the comp in two thousand and six, they finished third, but they only won. They they lost ten games, mate. They were fourteen and ten. That's crazy. Like that's not third this year, you know, or last year. Like that's barely making the that's eight. Sixth or seventh. No, no, it's yeah. like seventh. Because yeah. you remember yeah, there was like is. two dog shit yeah, teams that made the, the same, made the like seventh. You're, you're the team that locked, that locked in sixth or seventh. Like, yeah, when, when, they, when, when yeah. South won the comp, 15 and nine in the regular season. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And we, but they finished third just, as well. They finished third as well, by the way. Yeah. That's, you know, and now you lose that many games. As you said, you're looking at sixth or seventh. And that's probably changing this yeah, year but it, again. It's it's remarkable looking at some of these old ladders. I'm looking at 2014 now. Roosters first, mm-hmm. 16 wins. Dragons 11th with 11 wins. So there was, and then Eels and Warriors were equal ninth with 12 wins each. Broncos 12 wins. Bulldogs 13. Storm Cowboys Panthers. Yeah. Storm Cowboys 14. South Penrith 15. Manly Roosters 16. It was all very even. Yeah. Like the Sharks were the wooden spooners with five. But second last was the Raiders who won eight games, which is a lot. Mm. Like the last two, three years have pretty much broken 
what our scale has been for most of the last 20 yeah, years with, with it needed for the end. Like, remember before the last two or three years, and I was still doing it by default and getting it wrong, but every year, two or yeah. three new teams went into the eight every year. The last three years didn't really happen. And it's happening again this year. Like all of a sudden yeah. this year, you're looking at, okay, well, outside of the eight currently, you've got, you know, the Knights who were in the finals last year, Titans in the finals last year, and Mandy in the finals last year. They're out of the eight. That's what's supposed to happen in rugby league. And these good teams losing some games. I mean, you know, yes, Rabbitohs are six and six. Doesn't sound great, right? They'll be fine. But yeah, they could still finish the year, you know, 14 and 10, as we just said then. And that can still be good enough for like fifth. Yeah. I'm not remotely worried about us making the finals. You know, that, that's it. Like, yeah. I just, I don't, so I don't think it's to do with that. Penrith are just, I don't know what the hell, like, there's something else, mate. They're probably going to, if they keep doing this the next two or three years, they'll be the greatest team of all time that this era, because what they're doing is inhuman. It doesn't make any sense how they're so no. good every week. Like they get up every week. They've gone to a level the storm never got to in that regard. Like in mind that they have to win another comp, obviously to make it, but they're already better than like the anyone in the last 20 odd years, you know, just their dominance. So, so I don't think it's to do with a lot of like no lower grades or similar. I think it's just to do with rugby league getting a bit more normal than, than what, than what it has been. And Penrith, well, the Storm took injuries as well, but Penrith just happened to have, they're in that spot now where they have like five or six of the best players in the competition on their team. That's why it didn't matter. It is matter. nice when you have that. It is nice. Yeah, it's like that. And, you know, and even then, like the Storm took losing a lot of players to start losing games as well. So I wouldn't say a lot of the guys have come back. It's essentially the Eels who are still eight and four. Like, that's a good record. Have lost some games. Roosters and, and Rabbitohs lost some games. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yep. Uh, okay, next question. Thomas Hay. Okay. The bottom five teams, which is the Dogs, mm-hmm. Tigers, Knights, Titans, Rooster, uh, Warriors, not Roosters, which team will still have the same coach in 2023? All right. The Dogs won't, I don't think. Although apparently no one's applied for the job. What a great lie that is. We literally uh, saw Shane Flanagan publicly apply for it. <laughs> I think the Dogs will not. I think they'll they'll hire someone else. The Tigers, I don't think so. I think it's that's coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, the Knights is it could go either way, I think. But right now, I'd probably say yes, but I'm not sure. Mm. Um, Titans, yes, I think for some reason. Um, and Warriors, Warriors mm, seems a bit strained already. And also, didn't he say he doesn't want to move to New Zealand? So yeah, he wants an he wants an extension to move there. Right. So I'm going to say no to that one too. Yeah, I do think out of them, I'd say the Titans would be my favorite in the field to, to have their coach next year. Yeah. And I think Knights, rightly or wrongly, will still have Adam O'Brien. Like, they've been through a bad run. That little run's kind of stopped. They st- like, mate, they've still conceded the most points. Like, they've conceded, not the most, but 300 points, negative 144 and against, man. Like, it's just terrible after 12 rounds. But they're, um, I think they'll stick with him. Because they're not playing as bad as they were a few weeks ago. Even though I think they've seen, they should have probably seen enough. But I also think that you can't have like six teams sack their coach in one one year because they they're all like say Madge gets punted and then they're already looking for a Bulldogs coach, new coach at Tigers, and then say Brownie gets punted. The other clubs want, will be too afraid to do it as well. They won't want to have oh there's no one out there kind of feeling. They won't want to have the fourth choice. Yeah, yeah but, um, 
Yeah, it's funny. I I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it'll weird. stay. The Adam O'Brien thing know, is strange. There's no chance Des gets punted. Ricky won't get punted. Griffin won't get punted. Like it's pretty much out of those five, they might see three or four lose their jobs. Yep. It's funny. I, I would have um, I would have said Kevy would have been on the block, but there's Not no now. way. Not no now. way. And I'm fine with it. Like that's one of the, like I said, I had that weird bet with with Mario Segs that he still be the coach in 2024. Like that's only a positive for me. Yeah. I'll give you a hundred exactly. bucks if he's still there. Cause he, if he's still there, he, we've won, we've been making the finals. That's true. Great for me. Very true. Uh, Ken Beswick. always ask some good questions here. Uh, I'll go with the NBA one first. One oh, NBA oh, finals right. prediction. He'll prevail the firepower and experience of golden state or the size and the depth of Boston. Look, we're Boston strong. We're going all the way. <laughs> Take it to the bank. Celtics in six. Yeah. Uh, so the weird thing about the Celtics is they like they are one of the best teams in the NBA, right? Obviously, they made the finals. They might be the best team for three quarters in the NBA. They are second last in the NBA in close game win percentage, like in oh. the entire league. And that's even adding in the playoffs. They've gained games from the playoffs, but they're only they're they're only above Indiana. That's how bad they are at closing out games. And we saw in that Miami took them to seven. Like Miami had no right to be in that, and they were in that game till Jimmy Butler pulled through that pull up up. Like Boston were the better team of that series, honestly, for like ninety percent or more of the on court time, and they went to seven games. And it just makes me feel like there'll probably be some games in this series where the Celtics have like a twenty five point lead, and they'll lose or they get close. So, um, I think it's I think it's the Warriors. And I don't think it makes it to seven. And I, th- I, I do think that Boston will be in every single game. I do think they're good enough. They're, pop- they're good enough to win a, s- a series over the Warriors. But I just don't think that the way how bad they are in those, those last clutch minutes is just it's huge. It hasn't changed. It was bad at the start of the season. But it's still bad now. Like you, you watched the you watching their playoffs. That, why are they trying to close yeah. out the Heat game? Oh, it was what awful. What the fuck are they doing? Why, why are you pulling do- up and shooting threes with half the shot clock left? What are you doing? Yeah. Why Yeah. Why do they burn teams? Like they burnt them in transition for three quarters, right? And then, as you said just then, it wasn't that they were burning clock and putting up bad shots. It's like either do what you were doing that was working or burn the clock. They were putting up bad shots in like seven seconds. So what are we doing here? Um, I should say on that, like while we're talking about that game, um, mm. people defending the Jimmy Butler shot, Going, oh, Al Horford dropped off and let him shoot. That's why it was a good shot. It's like, why do you think he did that? Because Jimmy Butler shoots like 26% from three. Yes. And I was uh, very um, happy when he pulled up. I was delighted. Don't start me on Jimmy Butler. He's one of those dudes. He's like Teflon Corey Norman, mate. Like, people are acting like, like he was the Heat's best player of this series. And people are acting like he had this amazing series against Boston. He had two single-digit games and nobody gives a fuck. Like, it's like, it's, if a bigger player or like if Steph Curry scores single digits in the finals now, you'd never hear the end of it. You wouldn't, you know? Like, he did it twice. And yeah, he was good. But that, that pull up, man, like, I understand he's their best player. And I understand they want, you know, the, the people saying it was a good shot. It's like, oh, you know, you want your best player taking the shot or similar. It's like, mate, they got back in the game by not doing, like, by not really doing that. Like they weren't shooting threes really well. And Jimmy is so good at going to the bucket and drawing contact and getting fouls. And I know Horford's a great defensive player, but there was no help there coming. It was one-on-one. If you get blocked by our Horford, okay. You know, if you go to the cup and you either, you know, 
finish at the hoop or you dare the referees to not call a foul. Whatever. They, I, I, I'm of the belief that if they go to the cup, they win that. They win the game. But whatever. I mean, Boston weren't hitting anything, mate. No. It was disastrous last few minutes, but yeah. But he got that dog in him, backs him up. And that's also me. Like, I, you know, that's one of the worst things about NBA is that people think that part's fine. Like, if you think a dude should just jack up shit shots, why do you think it's bad for 99% of the game, but fine then? What's the difference? Yeah. On the other thing in that game, mate, taking that Max Struss three-pointer away. Don't yeah, that was weird. That. That's never happened before, right? No, like it's one of those things that people don't know what happened in this game. It was like Matt, Heat player Max Struss hit a three and like five minutes later, they took it off the board. Like they announced the stadium three points have been taken off or whatever. Max Struss was out, but they're not allowed to review that. Like they're allowed to review replay shots that to either check if it was a two or a three, you know, like, if you start like there's been so many times in games where someone steps out of the bounds and things just happen and they go with it, but they why were they even reviewing the shot? It wasn't like he was so far by the three point line, it wasn't checking a two or a three, was it? But they reviewed it and they took it away. And I'm also not even certain he stepped out. No, that happened. It was very and then, close, very weird. And then shortly after that, there was another thing people don't talk about much, but there's a shot clock violation they called on um Boston incorrectly. And I think Great Williams followed in or similar and got, got a bucket. and the rule is they're supposed to just go ball out back to Boston. Right. But the rest are like, nah, fuck it. Just give them the two points and keep going. No yeah. one cares about that yeah. one. It's like, <laughs> and like, I don't think that, I know people will go, oh, that's five points added to the scoreboard heat win. That's not how sports works. No, but Boston play weird. those last like, couple of minutes differently. If it's but that's, different. Yeah, it's, but, it's not just NRL officiating, make the rules up on the fly, guys. Even in the multi-billion dollars, yeah, make it up as they go. Uh well, lifelong Dolphins fans also said, have you heard that the Boston Celtics are NBA, NBA finalists, baby? Yes, we have. Fuck yeah, let's go. Then back to Cam. He says, why is Cam persisting with his son at starting hooker over Pakes? First half, there's Titans with Walters and no Reynolds Broncos attack look clunky and they scored one try. Pakes came on, taxing, they scored 31 points. Is Kev using Pakes like 2015 with Karima? I think you can stop at the word son. I think that's about it. Like, I know it's really easy from us from here to say, you know, that guy's better than your son. Drop your son. It's his fucking son. <laughs> like, you know, it's his son. They're not gonna, he's not going to drop his son. Maybe eventually it'll change. But yeah, I agree that it should be this Pake starting. Because like, Bungard mentioned it for Origin yesterday, right? Some of these games and Pakes have come on, will come back and won. It's been great. But it's like, how about we just like start the game well? And don't have to do that. You know, why don't we have the shit Billy minutes at the end when the game's already won? You know, whatever. Uh, next question, Sam Stevens. For better or worse, what are the three biggest signings that had the most impact on your club's history? Yeah. And then what are the three biggest in the in NRL's history? Okay. So this, uh, this is big for you, Bunker. Bunk. You love heaps of these. Yeah, I do. Um, but if I have to be limited to just three, uh, they mm. are in order. And this is hard to do the in order. So number three is Sam Burgess. Um, it's just a difficult consideration because weirdly Greg Inglis is probably on the list of the top three most seismic ever in the NRL. 
but he might be number two on the South list behind Roy Asatasi, just because of what signing mm. Roy Asatasi represented in terms of a new era at Souths. Um, Roy Asatasi was the first player that South signed that wasn't some washed up old hack or some some guy no one had ever heard of or some cast off from another club that they didn't want. Roy Asatasi was a top tier front rower at one of the best teams in the comp who came to Souths in the prime of his career and unfortunately retired the year before they won the grand final. But he was the most transformative signing in South's history. So I would have to put him at number one ahead of Greg Inglis at number two. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> from an NRL landscape, I think Greg Inglis is probably number one ever. The best, um, best signing. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Just in terms of the fact that like the way it changed the fortunes of not only the Storm and Souths, but also the Broncos, who if they'd signed Greg Inglis when that whole thing was going on, probably have a couple extra premierships to talk about now. So um, I think that one is is right up there. I think, again, and in a similar vein, I'd probably throw Tedesco towards the top of that, just with the whole Raiders U-turn and then the Tigers and the Roosters as well. It's another signing that affected three teams at once. Mm. Um, and then rounding out the top three most significant signings ever, I think would have to be Jonathan Thurston signing with the Cowboys from the Bulldogs. Yeah, I think that one's a... I'm trying to think, like, does that go in the right basket? because he's a young fella poached. I'm trying to think. I guess it is in that basket. But I think another one I'd put up, and he has done it twice, it's Glenn Lazarus because he went to Brisbane and won a comp and went to Melbourne and yep, won a comp. Yeah, it's a good one. So I think it's a good shout. He's a, he's a, he's a duo. Uh, you could probably argue Cronk going to the Bruce, even though it's just a short stint. Yeah, I did think about that. I just think, yeah. that, like, if Thurston never goes to the Cowboys, like... They might just be they might their timeline might just be the Titans timeline where they just suck constantly. You know what uh, I mean? But I, I have one though that I think has to be in the top three. Okay. Uh Brad Fittler to the Roosters. That's I thought it was I thought we were doing NRL era. Oh fuck, okay. Yeah. Well that yeah, that was like ninety six yeah, or ninety seven. That was before the NRL. And they only won one comp with him. They would they lost like what like three grand finals. Yeah, but it's like he's he's really the big mark of turning the Roosters into what they are. So yeah, yeah. that's before NRL. Well, so is Lazarus then as well. Like, he's the first yeah. year NRL. So if we're just doing the last few years, yeah, you'd write a bit. No, the um, Lazarus one still like, works for the Storm. It does, but or whatever. That's only like not very long stint. So it would be I'm with you there on um English Tedesco, and then who was your third one again? Thurston. No, Thurston. Thurston. Sorry, I was not Thurston. No. Pritis is also a good signing for two clubs. Yeah. James Maloney is a strange one because he went to, he's also a player who's been a good signing twice as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the Roosters and uh, the Roosters and uh, why have I lost the Sharks in my head? There you go. Uh, who's Smothers. the third South think, signing? Oh, I said Burgess was third. Oh, why'd I miss that? Yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, the top, I think the, you can make a case for either Inglis or Asatasi being number one, but I'll go with Asatasi just because it was the first time in my life that I mm. believed. Yeah. I also think another, like, I mean, there's, there's heaps of really good signs. Oh, oh, like, I could, I could, I could rattle off another 10 for Souths, but that yeah, oh, even, even NRL one, made one a difference. comes to my head again. I start thinking like, what about Scott Prince to the Tigers was really yep. good. Preston uh, Campbell. Campbell, uh, Ben Kennedy from the Knights to Manly. Manly, like yeah. Uh, really DCE doing that. the U-turn was massive. Yeah. Sonny Bill coming back, playing for the Roosters. Yeah. Um, uh, and then even things like uh, like James Graham going to the Bulldogs mm. you know, from, from England. Mm. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll do Brisbane. Now, Brisbane's a bit hard because... 
they don't make a lot of signings. Like they have no, the last years, but generally they don't want to. And if we're doing this NRL era, so we have to ignore all the 90 signings like Lazarus yeah. and like... Well, you didn't have a salary cap anyway, so... Well, there. We had, you know, Gordy, that Gordon Tallis would be my number one, right? But not at that time. So... um. Right, Anthony Mundine coming to secure uh, Super League success. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, even Kevy Walters is a signing, you know, at that point. But I do think, you know, this gener- this generation then, like, we're not counting bringing Wayne back, obviously. No. Because he's not a player. But it almost feels like if you're talking NRL era, then it might be like bringing Brad Thorne back and signing him the first time. <laughs> the first time doesn't really count. But, like, you know, maybe the second time is like Brad Thorne back the second time. Um. You know, is it like we didn't win shit, but it's like that little bit of like Darius Boyd and Milford were great signings and they turned to shit, but they were for a little while. I honestly, if I have to cut out the the pre-NRL era, it's like number one, Justin Hodges. That's for sure. And then I don't really know. <laughs> it's like one Hodges. Is it like two Brad Thorne? I, I really don't know. Like, Yeah, because you look at through all your great players, like... Not they're a lot of them played elsewhere. Yeah, like, like they're they're guys. I'm who, looking at their. I'm looking at the Broncos. They did their 20th anniversary Legends team in 2000. It's like mm-hmm. Lockyer never played yeah. anywhere else. Like Webkey, Sivanasiva, Talis is a yeah. Talis is a good one. Yeah, but it's Brad before, Thorne, as you yeah. said, Tony Carroll never played anywhere else. Sean Berrigan never played anywhere else. Like, and then they're, all the other guys are pre NRL. So well, Berrigan played after us, but yeah, as you said, never yeah. played, didn't play during our stint like yeah that's why it's a harder one and like you know then you go like our actual matt, what, about, that, what about matt orford going to manly i think that's another good one God. oh yeah that's actually not a bad one but anything about our other signs it's like okay since 98 the signs have turned out good it's like like peter wallace was good for like four years is he gonna really slide into our, our top three i don't think so but it's like they've made so many signings in that period you, that haven't worked no, out no, no love for the ashton sims signing no no i mean Adam Reynolds, honestly, after one it's, good year, it's he like could be in our top three If you, if you go period. close to winning a comp in the next two years, he's up there. Yeah, and even if we don't, maybe he's probably up there because like the other ones aren't that crash hot. Like Milford really is probably in those top three. Then Hodges is clear number one, bringing him back. And then the rest are like, it's, I'm not really going to count Darius Boyd's second stint, even though he was great for like two years of it. You yeah, know? and then it's like bringing back. Uh, Oh, fuck, love it, love it, love it. getting Milford, whatever. Um, they're not, I don't know. Like, really, I don't know. Like, we got Darren Smith for a while <laughs> when he was old as dirt. Like, that doesn't really count. Like, yeah, I can't think of any really great ones. There's obviously signed players, and but a lot of them just haven't worked out. Like, yeah, I don't know. There and aren't many. Really, it's yeah. hard. It's just hard for the Broncos. It is, like, because like, most of them are internal and... And when they haven't been, like, they've done dumb things, like when they signed, uh, what's his name? Joel Clinton to replace him as receiver. Mm, didn't work out. Did not work didn't out. Didn't really work out. Yeah. And, so, and, like, you know, Peter Wallace is pretty solid. He might end up being in that. Oh, That's actually, Falau. Yeah, but even then, it was only two years, right? Yeah, true, true. Like, otherwise, wanna, yeah. Yeah. It was only two years. That's why it's hard to do. And then, like, legit, <laughs> there's not many. There's not. And, crazy. Uh, I got yeah, I got so, a bunch more. Michael Crocker was a good signing when it happened. Peter Cusack was big when it happened. Um, ben Teo was massive. Probably don't want to cop mate. without him. Shane um, Perry. <laughs> yeah, hey, Premiership winning halfback. Yeah, he, so, he 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 played for like the Magpies and the Bulldogs a bit like five years earlier. 
Yeah, that might. Yeah, it's not great for us. Yeah. So you guys said you guys had you had a period there when you went through that. You know, right now we've had to sign some players, so this has kind of been Brisbane's rebuild period. So you might be able to in a couple of years we might say some of the guys that have come over over this last few years, but nah, that's it for now. Okay, next question. Adric, what NOL team should add a feature to their stadium like some American <laughs> sport teams have, i.e. a Shark Park Aquarium? That's fun. Um, whew, the eel should have a giant slide shaped like an eel, like the Milwaukee Brewers have at their baseball stadium. It's not bad. Uh, the dragon should have a fire-breathing dragon, obviously. Should you guys sell like rabbitos? Oh, <laughs> like, should you slaughter and sell? Uh, I would probably give my membership back if they did that. Um... <laughs> Yeah, like the dragon should have a giant robotic fire-breathing dragon. The fact that they don't is disgraceful. Um, sh- you're, you're right there, but I guess it's because of all the home grounds. They should have a fire-breathing dragon in a corner. Yeah. Um, the shark aquarium is a great one. Uh, the bulldog should have some sort of dog, like sort of puppy petting zoo at the front before games. So people can like have something nice before they go watch the bulldogs. They get like a mauling pit. You get mauled no, by the bulldogs. No, there. stop. Why are you doing this? <laughs> Um, the Cowboys should have a mechanical bull, obviously. Yes. Oh, I mean, yeah, that should be in the corner. We're not yeah. always in that. Yeah. Well, just Broncos ride the mechanical bull around, while, like, whilst, whilst watching the game. Like Buck, Buck cuts laps. Why don't we just have a stables there as well? And it just yeah. smells like horse shit the whole time. That'd be great. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's a few. Uh, yeah, there's no cool ones like a pirate ship. No, that no, is true. There isn't. Mel would have the weather already, so then yep, they do know, have a, a raining corner. Uh, oh, the knights should have like the the knights should have one of those like foam jousting areas. They should have yeah, they should have drunk people jousting. Yeah, <laughs> it was fine. They should. Why aren't they doing that at halftime? I don't care about be. insurance. Neither like, do get I. Get people drunk to sign sign away, waiver their rights. Hmm. You know, and then just go. Famously, no one's ever, no one we know has ever been hurt. At halftime of the game, doing entertainment no. stuff. So no, 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 we wouldn't know them. No, I don't know. It's funny. What once the moment he said that, I start thinking like, man, there's not really many rugby yeah. league teams. That's aquarium's great at Shark Park. Maybe the eels get a, a disgusting aquarium too. Eel slide. Yeah. You're hearing it more and more. Eel slide. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next question. Actually, we're over onto Discord. With that's all the questions there. So. Mm. Question time on Discord. Where am I going to? Up uh, here? I oh, reckon it, that, it yeah. is no, uh, the twenty, okay. the twenty, the Simpsons one. I think yeah, was got the it most here. Recent. Yeah. Uh, Master Farmworth says, "Which is your go-to Doritos flavor?" Assuming you can still eat them, Bungard. Yeah, I can still eat the plain ones, but Nacho Cheese was my favorite over Cheese Supreme back in the day. I have changed over time. Nacho also, Cheese used to be my favorite. Yep. Cheese Supreme is now my favorite. Wow, crazy. You know, just the che- cheesiness, just it's all. Oh, you know, uh, I, I'm not because you don't see them much in Australia, but Cool Ranch is also great. I don't actually know if I can eat them or not, but they're pretty great. No, they're um, they, they probably got cheese. That's one of the ones that I think they they benefit from not being in the rotation. Forget me, right? Like, you know, like I think they're good because I don't have them often, but I would never eat them like the frequency I'd eat the other ones at. You know. In Australia, like I would never eat them like every time I had Doritos. Um, yeah, I like Mexicana ones quite a bit, to be honest. I don't like the um. Have you had the sweet chili ones? Oh, not for years. Yeah, they're back again. They suck. And they're doing. I haven't tried any of those. Have you seen the three D? They're doing like cones now. 
Have you seen them? Oh, I have. I have seen them. I, have, I can't I, really yeah. eat them. So. Well, I haven't tried oh, I can have The sweet spicy chili ones are vegan, apparently. So I might have to buy some. There you go. So I don't like... Uh, I haven't tried the cones. And I haven't tried... They've got like nuts as well now too. Uh, nah. Branching but out. Yeah. Good on them. But honestly, like I, I'd say Chase Supreme's number one. And I might say original might be number two for me now. I like... They're the only ones going to hit. So they're number one, baby. Yeah, but like... Because the thing with the original one is like... It's actually the one of those that is so good with like a guac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, true. the other ones are good, better on their own. Like, Chase Supreme doesn't need a dip, but the original is so good with the guac. Yeah. So I think it's why it's number two. And then probably go Mexicana three nacho cheese four now. Nacho cheese is a big slide from where it would have been a few yeah. years ago. Mature palate now, Bungard, mate. Uh, Very much so. That's it. Start Appealed Score said, What's the best Simpsons song? Definitely. Probably the hardest question. question we've ever got. There are mm-hmm. so many answers to this. Um, there's so many. All right, so obviously you got see my vest, you got the Stonecutters one, you got the Burlesque House, Canyonero, Talking Softball, Monorail Song. Um, when I was 17, it was a very good beer. Can I borrow a feeling? Uh, Lisa, it's your birthday. Uh, the Lurley and Lumpkin songs. Um, uh, Sherry Bobbins. Who needs the Quickie Mart? Is a great one. Fuck, there's so many. Um, oh, when he falls down the well and they're sending their love down the well. Um, geez, there's, oh, there's so, so many. But I think if I'm, if, if I've got to do like a top five, maybe I would probably put See My Vest as number one, mm. Stonecutter's Song number two, uh, Monorail number three. Canyonero number four. Oh, it's a banger. And oh geez. I reckon I'd probably put Who Needs the Quickie Mart number five ahead of Checking In, Flaming Moe's, um, the Sherry Bobbins one, Lurleen Lumpkin, Jazzman. So what many. I think that's what it's like. Can I borrow a feeling? Yeah, that's good too. Like it's yeah, that one's great as well. I think, yeah, I, I, I got to go see my vest number one. I actually performed that at music class in school once. Got an A, no I big am. deal. But um, yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, so did you say talking ones. softball? I did, yeah. You yeah, the reason yeah. that one's not in my top five is because it's a real song where they just change the words. Yeah, true. People, if, well, I think you know that, but if people don't know that, there's an mm-hmm. actual song called Talking Baseball, which is the same yeah. song, but with like just, that's the only reason it's not top five. Otherwise it would be. I do think see my vest is definitive number one. Uh. And I'm just trying to think. There's some kind of up there. I think general popularity would be Monorail song. Monorail's great too. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's just so many good ones. So there many is ones. send. I mean, we could send love down the well. Um, I remember I, I used to love. Now I know it's a real thing. But when Lisa played classical gas after the yeah the well, there's that episode that, that also has called? that's the that's also the that's the same episode has the will march day and night by the big cooling tower they have the plant yeah. that we have the power yeah so that's, that's a good song that one. has classical gas at that which is actually there's a good acoustic track yes. anyone wants to listen to my acoustic guitar but yeah that's that's a good one uh i not a big fan of uh happy birthday lisa even though it had michael jackson voice yeah do you know what the hard. voice do you know what the voice credit was for that episode i can't remember now uh i should know that john j smith yeah, that's what. If I was still in my Simpsons trivia days, you have to know that one. Yeah, you do. Shout out to Scores, uh, by the way. He went to a Simpsons trivia night at the place that's like the yeah. midpoint between our two houses. Um, so good on him. 
they're still they're still doing songs, right? I, I wouldn't know. But I have no idea. Now. I couldn't tell you any past. I think Sherry Bobbins is like season eight or nine. I think that would be the like the most recent one that I would put up. I wouldn't know any after that. I don't think. <sighs> I'm, I'm sure they what's exist. the latest. I mean, again, this is that was on the being asked what season something in is not trivia. That's not trivia. That's complete bullshit. Yeah. Oh, what what season is this episode from? That's not fucking. That's not fun. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what's the latest season song I can think of, and is it that I'm checking in thing? That's well, that's like, also that's not that late either. That's from the that's from like season, season nine or, or ten, well. right? Yeah. yeah, it's saying that's probably the last one, but it's not even a good song. No, uh, yeah. I'm trying to like, yeah, that's I think that's season nine. I think if go. I had to guess, and that's yeah, like most the of the last good songs good. are like between like season four and like six, five or six, really, aren't they? Yeah, legit. Yeah. There you go. Like monorail. I know monorail season four. I know that one. And then when's um uh the bar when the barbershop quartet? What's that song? Oh, Baby that's on season three or four. Yeah, that's, I wouldn't put that's that early on the top too. of my list, but that's early as well. I'm just thinking they're on the same time. That's season five. There you the, go. Season five, yeah. episode one. Yeah, and like who needs the quickie marts around then? Uh, whacking days around then. That's another song. Anyway, that's enough Simpsons songs. Let's uh. Could do we this all day. So let's, yeah, let's do. move on. Oh, I yeah. did top five, but it's hard. I think see my vest is the best one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, next question. Master Farmworth again. He says, am I a boomer for getting annoyed that cafes turn off their coffee machines 30 minutes prior to closing time? Yes. No, sorry, no, you're not. You're right. You are not a boomer. They are wrong. Well, I didn't know that was a thing. Neither did I. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. So... Apparently, it's a Brisbane thing for him or Queensland thing. I didn't know that was a thing. I thought like you turn off the coffee machine and the mach- the stalls the stores close pretty much. I don't know, but cafes have like cafes don't know what trading hours are. You know how there's some that is open for co- someone that's open for like the coffee run in the morning. Some are open to like one p- at PM and they decide that's when it's all over. So like, what are you doing here? People eat lunch after one. Ah, oh. what have you seen? I just pulled up a list of original, like all of the original Simpsons songs, like in a list. We forgot a few great ones. Like, so when Tony, Tony Bennett, who trivia is the first ever musical guest on The Simpsons, sings Capital City when in the Dancing Homer episode. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, we, forgot, a good one. Uh, we forgot Springfield, Springfield, when Barton Milhouse drink the squishy that's all syrup. New York, New York. Yeah, that's a, York, that's a great Sally, one. Man. Um, that is. The, car, the Kindness of Strangers one from when Marge is in the musical. Um, yes. Senor Burns by Tito Puente. And one oh, that I really, one. one that actually might be top five that we didn't mention was because I reference it all the time in regards to like clickbait Fox Sports articles is from the Halloween episode with the just don't look at the sentient advertisements. That's a good with one. Paul Anker. That's a great one. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. It's all right. Yeah. That's fine. You had to, you had to scratch that itch. It happens. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, okay. And uh, we yeah, said, I don't know, right? We did. That's season nine. So that's the last good one. Yeah. Okay. Mario Siegs asks, following on from my AJ question, one from Mitch. Corey Oates' career highlight package, what stands out for the most? For him, it's easily when he fended off Walker for like 30 meters to score. Yeah, that sucked. I mean, Corey Oates has a lot of banging tries. Like he just, you know, just does. So he has quite a few full fielders. He has a pretty good full fielder against Manly. Uh and he has a, and his compilation against South is good enough. I don't want to talk it's, about this anymore. Like we give a bit of that play. He's ridiculous <laughs> compilation against South. It doesn't make any sense. But he has some good tries, like when he was a, even like a young fellow when he came off the bench, playing on the edge. Like I don't know. He just had that 
that unique mix of like like size and speed that and he never looked that fast either. He has heaps of long range tries, I think, and a lot of half it comes from like underestimating his speed too, you know. But like against Manly, he had a couple of good ones two years ago. I think no doubt number one is um what you're saying, what he's already said. But even though I even like the ones when he loops back, the really simple pop pass, just because of the way he runs with such like power and aggression, you know, and so upright. It's weird for a winger now, right? Like a lot of the guys are finesse finishing and I to some of those, but I like a lot of his power finishing as well, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of other really good long field tries he's, he scored. I've always, I hate when this happens because like I'd probably have a million in my head when we stop talking. Yeah. Well, other ones are really good, but like, Definitely that one against South, the ones against Manly. Uh, he's got more than good, one good one against South. He has, um, like, the, even the one he set up for Herbie uh, was, was fantastic against you guys, like, you know, this year. Um, that put down when he was like a pretzel. Oh, that put down against the Sharks. The sharks if you remember when he was yeah. like backwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his ass, he's, like, on the ground. Goes full double jointed. He does, and he has a couple of decent put downs like that. My favorite that one ones is... are when he played in the back row and still scored against Souths. It's great. Yeah, that's just what he does, mate. <laughs> but yeah, he's got a hundred tries now. So uh, it's a lot. Which, I mean, it's not one hundred and forty-seven, but it's not. Good. But it's it's a lot, especially considering he kind of had his as just as Johnson had his two years of like wasting time. He also had his two years of thinking he wasn't a winger that that have taken away probably thirty tries from him, but. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I hate that I haven't got a bare answer for more of those because there's definitely a million bangers. That Sharks put down was crazy. It was. Uh, Mario says, why are NBA able to have a system where contracts are pretty much sacrosanct and are all can't? Is it simply America or is so much geared towards corporations of the people? Well, I think like NFL contracts are just as flimsy as NRL ones, right? Like guys get cut all the time yeah, they when they do. have like years and years. Baseball ones are locked in. Baseball ones are watertight. Like, if dudes get an X amount of dollars on their baseball contract, they're getting every single cent of that. Um, but yeah. NFL's as flimsy as the NRL. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's an exact answer to this, but like, I mean, having a trade system helps as well, which we don't have, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm with you there. Like, but it's also, mate, a lot of it comes from, it's just, it's just the agreement, like the player agent, player, like, uh, what are they call fucking not agencies? Why have I lost the unions? Got with the leagues at the time they happened, you know. And the NBA NRL ones have come from like moments of chaos when they've when they've made these base agreements. It's come like through the nineties and the Super League time and all that kind of stuff. Like they weren't really thinking about this type of thing. They weren't thinking about the future consequences. They're thinking about just getting the league going, you know, and get everyone and whatever and get keeping the players happy and similar, but like the players in, in rugby league have way too much power. Um, and I know we say the contracts are airtight in the NBA, but player power is also giant over there. You know, it's yeah. not like they've got yeah. less player power. They've got a shitload of player power over there. So they're, um, but they just, at least they're locked into their contracts, which is, that's the main thing I'd like in the NRL is like, and it comes with trading players as well, but being locked into your contract, just means that uh, what happened with Payne Haas, right? Not possible. He can't ask for more money during his contract. Yep. You know, that's it. He's got the money. So that's why I let them locked in. But NBA, it's like a whole different system, mate. Like there's 
drafting, rookie contracts, trades, all that kind of stuff. You can't have the way they have caps, like contracts locked and similar without the rest of it, really. Yeah. Like, because if, if you haven't got trades and a player's locked to an agreement and they're unhappy with the club, we're not, I also don't believe you just, the player should just have to stay. I'm just more, I'm anti players move like the way like you know guys like when madison was doing it like you play good for six weeks and you want more money somewhere else like fucking no you signed a deal you stick to the deal but only you have to stay in the same place anyway uh but yeah as you said mate like nba to nrl nba have like the idyllic version obviously and they have the contract standards are set by the league and performance barriers, but you can pay someone. You can only pay them max to this if they've achieved that, which is great. But, you know, how many other sports have garbage? It's like football is this, what do contracts mean in football? Fucking nothing. You know, nothing. And NFL, as you said, mate, like players can get cut and they have such little guaranteed money. And those players keep signing their rights away in the NFL. It's crazy. They do. I think NBA is so much more watertight because the players also like, the NBA player is a different mentality than the other sports. Like it's a, as individualized as a team sport can be, you know, then whatever. But I'd love to see NRL systems where the contracts are more watertight, where you can't negotiate. And they always negotiate months. Same thing with the NBA. Like you can't negotiate before the free agency window, but we see everyone have these deals done when free agency starts. I don't care that it happens. It's more, I care about like the pain ass stuff. Like, can I just not see that when the season's going? You know, can can that not just wait until like if they having those chats secretly? I don't want to hear about it. You know, what do you think, Bungard? No, I completely agree, mate. Um, I just, I mean, but we're in the majority. We're in the minority when it comes to this stuff, right? Because people like, want to talk about players. So many fans are fascinated by the shit, and it's the stuff I care the least about by distance when it comes to rugby league coverage. But it's the stuff that outrates mm-hmm. every piece of analysis that me or Camper or anyone else does. It's the stuff that outrates any mm-hmm. feature on a player's upbringing or any, any nice story that they've done. This shit outrates all of it. It does. And it sucks because I don't like that, but it's the way it works. Yeah, it outrates all of it and, that, and we'll continue to do so pretty much with just the way the, the, the beast is here. And then I'll want to change it, but that the, player, the players aren't going to just hand over the, the power they have. Why would they? Like, it's so ridiculous that you can sign a deal for multiple years and you can be asking for an upgrade like three months later. Yeah, it's crazy. Like what the what Polish what the knights do is fuck. Oh so and his dad at the give me a break. Yeah, that's it. Like and then I wouldn't care so much if it went the other way, but they've never there's never been a guy give a cent back. No. Well nor should they. I mean we're always on the player's side, but I I just don't want to talk about the shit during the season. I just don't. Yeah. And I wouldn't say I'm always on the player's side because some of them are ridiculous. Like I'm on the True. side of okay, guys yeah. should try and get the best deal they can get, but that shouldn't be a thing you do every fucking three months. If you do that, you can sign one-year deals, you know? And then if you get injured, you're fucked. That's your own fuck problem. But these guys want their cake, eat it too, the security of a long-term deal with also the benefit of being able to upgrade it when they want to. Dumb. Yep. Uh, okay. Next question comes from Corey Goats. Is Wayne Bennett to bl- the one to blame for Payne Haas's contract? The yes. current contract? Of course. Uh, yeah. I mean, the funny thing is the contract they've got him on is like, that's, you know, they've, they out of all the bad contracts they handed out in that period with Peter Noll and Paul White and then some Wayne Bennett overseeing what they were doing, 
absolute fucking banger of a contract that Payne Haas wants it out to be. The risk they took and people were laughing at it if you remember before he played first grade. But like, yeah, they gave like 500k to Joe, like 600k to Tom Flegler. They fucking ripped Payne Haas off good, baby. <laughs> they got him good. Uh, Coleman was being 18 after 30 minutes and copying two Symbians, conceding him a short kickoff and losing by 20 in the most Titans loss of all time. Please note this question was submitted with 20 minutes to go. <laughs> Let's have a look at Can we check the time on that? How do I check the time? Uh, it was sent at... Uh, it doesn't say. It just says the date, unfortunately. Yeah, Once it, it goes to the... Yeah. Hang on. And I can't, and I can't see. I thought you could see the time, but you can't. Yeah. I believe him, though. Yeah. So do I, but I just want to see it. And uh, yeah, that's just the most, it is the most Titan loss of all time. And Angry also asks, are Titans the meme of the pod? They sure yes. are. Yeah, Brenton Sloan asks, is Cody Walker back? Yes, he's back. He played well. Okay, uh, RCB Sharks is a long one here. He says, uh, the, how good are suburban ground people just really just saying stadiums look more full than not look better? Sorry, stadiums that look more full than not look better on my television? Yep, so he's got two questions. They're two different questions. There they are. Um, so... Yes, you are correct. The people who say all these how good are suburban ground things don't go to games. They don't. Yes, but I like going to Leichhardt because I don't give a shit about who wins. Like, South never yeah. play there. So, like, when I go to Leichhardt, it just means, like, I'm soaking up the vibes. I'm just having a laugh with my mates or whatever. And I don't really, not invested in the game. So, it's fine. Mm. But if South are playing, I wouldn't want it to be there because it's like, man, I want to fucking watch this game and I can't because this place sucks. Yeah. I mean, that's it, mate. They, they, they suck. And also, a lot of it, but I think Suburban Go Ride, a lot of it, love is like Sydney focused. I think a lot of it also comes with how shit house the stadiums are here, like the main yes, ones. You know, that is true. It's like again, go to go to Suncorp. You're not pining for you. Fuck! I wish this was an hour out of the city in a shithole. You know, no, you're right. Like that's that's not what you want. That's that's a banging stadium there. So I do, as you know, I do enjoy suburban grounds at times, but like current Bankwest now shits on all of them. You know. And we're not caught. And for some reason, that being a good ground in a small area and being small means it's not suburban anymore. You know, that doesn't count for yep. some reason. So essentially, shit stadiums equal suburban grounds. Whatever. Uh, but that definitely what you said, mate. It's just it looks better on TV and it does. And but the other main issue I have with suburban grounds is that they all have heels, right? And it's rugby league's a winter sport. The hill is really fun on a sunny day. It is. Yeah. When's it fucking sunny? True. Very uh, good point. And then it wouldn't be fun today. It's for a reason. No. And he said, a fandom is a scale with one being the teens on the Sharks Hill chatting with the backs of the game and 10 being fans on the pitch and shooting fireworks at the bench because your team got relegated like in French soccer. Where do you sit? Where do you wish mm. rugby league was? Is a relatively low stakes fandom actually better? Good question. Because one thing I don't miss about the A-League when we used to go to games and stuff, one thing I don't miss at all is like, it getting, confront, it getting confrontational with fans of other teams because they wanted to sit there and play like Green Street Hooligans and stuff. And I was just like, man, I'm just here to watch a soccer game. Like, relax. Um, yeah. And every, every like Sydney had those fans too. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. I hated that. I couldn't stand it. I hate that aspect of fan culture a lot. I hate hooliganism in general. A lot of it is all, often tied to sort of far-right groups as well. Um, probably not as much in France, but actually, no, there's still plenty of Nazis there, but whatever. But regardless, the point is, um, I don't really enjoy that side of it. And it would like flares every now and again are okay. But yeah, I, I don't like ultra culture. I don't like hooligan culture at all. Um, miss me with it. So give me 
some 16 year old Sharks fans just trying to hit on some girl at the back of the stadium and not actually caring about the game rather than yeah. and, like and people setting shit on, on fire. <laughs> oh, probably like a four, I reckon. Yeah. Like, I'm never the loudest person there, but like, obviously, I'm invested in the game. I'm pretty quiet when I watch footy, to be honest. I mean, you've watched games with me. Like, I kind of just sit there and like watch very intently. Like, I usually turn mm-hmm. my phone off during big games as well. Like, I'm just very invested in what's going on. I don't, I don't say or I don't eat or drink really when there's a big South game or a big Ravens game, or whatever. I just kind of sit there and watch it. So, yeah, well, I, I don't mean, know if that makes I me less of a game. I'm, I, don't I'm a... Know, I don't know what that means, but like, yeah, you're, you're much more vocal than I, I am. am. I am much rowdier at the games and at home if Broncos are doing well. When they're not doing well, I'm not not as rowdy, obviously. I guess it's because but... I'm usually stone cold sober when I'm watching South games. But the one time I was drunk when we were together at that Storm game, I was extremely vocal. So maybe were... that's maybe that's part of it too. I still yell at the boys when I'm sober at the game and at home, but whatever. But I, I turned, I used to not do that and actually enjoy it more. But I think that's also come from, you know, as you said, being at the A-League, seeing actually what being a fuckwit fan is like and realizing that me just being a gronk isn't actually the same thing, you know? Like, uh, but I'm with like you know people talk about football hooliganism, and I thought a lot of people don't realize that like those dudes you said then the far right links. It's not you just saying something stupid like like Red Star Belgrade ultras right were the militia that Russia used to invade Crimea with. Like you can look that up. I'm not making that up. You know like football club fans that have fights every week are also militia on the side. Like that's not football fans. That is not. That is people looking for conflict that use football as the excuse to find it. Yeah. You know, and um, so that stuff can get fucked. Uh, storming the pitch, I think, could be cool in certain situations, you know, you know, like celebrations, but not like that. Um, where do I sit? I certainly hate, I hated that. That's one thing, mate. That when, I, when we left that, talking to A-League games, it was like, a Band-Aid was ripped off, mate. Just relief. It was relief. I loved the A-League for a long time. We had some good memories. Like, there was the one time in my life that, like, myself, Bungard, a couple of our other friends, we all went for the same team, went to games. Yeah. That part's fun. You know, traveling with your mates, supporting the same team is fun. But, like, the- we had friends just getting, like, jumped in the park by fans of the other team. And it's that shit. Like, I, me and Charlie used to park when we went, when we played. You got criminal, mate. Yeah, that will, yeah, the cops didn't help either. But, like, me and Charlie used to park in that, like, that, is it like a medical school, like a nursing school next to Parramatta Stadium where it used to be? You know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know that one. We used to mm-hmm. park in there and walking back after games, it was actually a bit scary. Like, genuinely, because you're like, it's like some idiots could jump out and just try to fight me right now. And there's like, I'll just get bashed because yeah. there'll be like 10 of them. So, yep, that's true. That's that, that 100%. And you don't, you don't have to worry about that. You just do not need to worry about that at NRL games. Like, you just, don't. And mate, you know, NRL games, you can be a dick and get kicked out. And, you know, we've seen friends get kicked out, right? You know, at NRL yeah. games, they don't drag you, mate. They don't grab at you. The security I, I, talking to you and walk escorting you out at A League games. We have seen friends. We had a friend yeah. like that once for swearing, and yep. the guy drags him like he assaulted a woman next to you or something. Like the security guy grabs him and just drags him by the collar at the venue. Yep. It's like what the it's fuck ridiculous. are you doing? We saw that last week in the A League Grand Final. Like the cops kicked some fifteen year old kid out because he fell over the fence when they were celebrating a goal. Yeah, just dragged him out ridiculous yeah. uh, you get treated like a criminal when you go to a-league games in this country you just do and it doesn't happen in game. like if that if that punch on that happened at the magic round on the friday had happened in an a-league game that would have been like front page news on every or, or a few years ago not anymore but yeah it would have been <laughs> um but no it was just and same with that dude that got the dude that got bashed for yelling out during the minute silence on anzac day or whatever yeah. like again like that just wouldn't happen at the a-league because the cops would be there and they'd stop it and it's 
But the, the flip side is true as well. Like I can, if, let's say we talked about going, if it's South Brisbane in the finals, like going up there, I can, I can sit there. And, and as long as I'm not being a fuckwit, as long as I'm just sitting mm-hmm. there being a normal fan and just watching, no one's going to try to fight me or anything like that. But at the A-League, if you were a Wanderers fan and I was a Sydney fan and I was, and you were like, oh, let's go to the final, come sit with me in the Wanderers section. I couldn't do it. No, you couldn't. Fuckwits would I'll... come up and try to fight me. They just would. Yeah. Me and my mates going to a, a Mariners game years ago, when we were like 18. There was like one of us was a Mariners fan, the rest of Sydney SC fans. Sydney SC fans tried to fight us at Hornsby Station for it because he's just Mariners fan. It's like, dude, it's the fucking Mariners. And he's like, because he's, you know, in Sydney SC area. It's like, yeah, well done, Chief. You're real yeah, tough. Absolute fucking losers. But yeah, and, the, and I'm okay with like the Sharks ones. But yeah, those guys aren't there to hurt anyone, whatever. There's some dickheads there and some of them do do dumb things. But it's just young, dumb, drunk people and they're generally inoffensive. Yeah. But if they were treated like football fans, <laughs> like being drunk is like a crime at football games here. Yeah, it's terrible. But hooliganism sucks. I like, I like the happy medium, mate. I don't think... Like there is some things at football that are great, the chanting and stuff. I actually don't want that at rugby league. People used to want no. that at league. I don't want chanting all day there. I really don't. Like, I just want to watch the game. I do, and then go nuts when things when it's time to go nuts. Tell referees to cheat when he's cheating, which is most of the game. He's been yeah, doing it all day. Still, he has been like those all things are fun of the footy. Mm. Uh, but yeah, where do I sit in that scale? I don't know. We're both probably in the middle somewhere. I'm probably a bit more to the ten yeah. side than you are. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, only got a couple more questions here. Uh, Rough Belly asks Jack White and. If Jack Watton is New South Origin Centre, is he good enough to play centre for Manly? Sure. I don't know. Is, that a, is there a joke in there we've missed? Probably. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then Mario Siegs, what is your favourite worst trophy around Origin? I mean, the phrase Origin player has to be, right? Yeah, it's unfortunate that it's one of those things I do believe it is true in some instances, but you hear about it like... Like Josh Jackson was an origin player. Why? Because he's My, kind of tough. Michael Ennis sucks. was an origin player over Robbie Farrah for whatever reason. Yeah. Because he was seen somewhat tougher. And then but it's like Farrah can do tough stuff as well. It's the same thing. Like the Jake Turbo dropping now today, finally getting attention. Oh mate, he's just the oh mate, he just cares so much. He's so tough. Is he? Does he? It's like, why don't we... There's two players that do what he does way better than him in the team already. Like Cam Murray and Isaiah Yo. And if they're really looking for some ball playing, still, if those two guys somehow got, you know, both got concussed at the first start of the first game, Junior Paul... Uh, I think it was a Baolo, I think Mary said now. Junior Paul is how it's said. I'm, yeah. I've got to get that right at some point now. Maybe. Uh, he can ball play. Yep. And you know what? While we're there, before we finish up, I'm going to mm-hmm. say commentators getting names wrong isn't racism. It's just not. Like, it's ignorance, yeah. but like, I feel like we're getting a bit silly with that stuff now. Hey, I don't know if you've seen all that. Like, there's an article about it again today. It's like, I don't think people have a drastic misunderstanding of how the process works and how commentators end up saying, you know, Junior Paulo for 10 years. You know, it's like in almost all instances, the commentators ask the team, how do I say player X's name? You know? And yeah. What do you think is, is okay, what would you prefer? Would you prefer a world where 
that the guy, the commentator in his 50s or 60s says Junior Paulo on the advice of a media manager at the club, that's his name, or he guesses Pacifica pronunciation. Probably the former. Yeah, and it's it's just whatever. When, when those guys get told how to pronounce the name, they all try. They might get it wrong, but it's also, it's much harder, right? If you've been saying Junior Paulo for a decade, it's really hard for you to come in and say Junior in the right way. It's also now. not just specifica names that have been mispronounced. It's like not. It was, he was Jamal Fogarty for five years. Now it's Fogarty. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, well, mate, and, and I know, and the reason why also it's not that serious is also because guys like Corey Horsberg, right? Okay, white guy, but he's, he's Corey Horsberg. He is, but he likes Horsburgh. He chose that. Fair enough. We had the M- M- Mataudia brothers with three different pronunciations in the league. And you, you want to tell, like, people don't tell me this stuff is serious. And it's just not that serious. It's just not. Matt, you know? Matt Utai was very confusing when Matt Utai was still in the league. Yeah. It's like, it's just not like, I, and if players do want their names, names pronounced a certain way, the commentators will try and do that. Or if they're told from debut, they'll get it right. But, you know, like Nickel Clockstar, right? Just, he wanted to honor his tradition that's great and then told us how his name's pronounced it's not the commentator's fault they called him nickel clock's dad for five years before that no but yeah like even go back like david far logo was far logo for ages then he was far longo after like six years of his first grade career it happened yeah and i do i do agree that like you know we should be better in that grade i I agree and but that's not like it's not really the commentators and media's fault it's like from all the way down that like this a situation, for example, like probably Junior Paulo just didn't care. He was called Junior Paulo and he was 18, you know, and called, told the club that and then realized when he got older, actually, what my real pronunciation, whatever. Obviously, there's been a bit better acceptance in society with traditional pronunciations in Australia of those names. Yeah. But it's got to, it's not going to start at the top. It's just not. It's not going to start in the, it's not going to get fixed by if one day Gus Gould starts saying those names right. You know, so maybe if they get some, some specific in there, but whatever, it's just, it just generally comes from the bottom up. And hopefully we get better in players, you know, sharing how they like the name to be pronounced, all that kind of stuff, or respecting that at the start and we can go through it properly. But it just, feel, it just feels like it's starting to become a thing. We started, we're really on the attack at some of these commentators. They're easy to attack. They are easy to attack. I attack them all the time, but I feel sorry for them in, this, in that regard. You know, yeah, they, I, think, I think that's fair. I, I remember when I was in the box once with Ray Hadley and, he had been told by the Tavoyeviches that their names were pronounced different. Yeah. You know, they, they wanted Jake, we think it was Jake Tavoyevich and then Jake Travoyevich. And you might remember a few years ago, they did say Travoyevich a lot, but that was them doing that. And it's like, and you can't really blame the commentators for that stuff in the end. And I know we don't, everyone doesn't get to see up the kimono and understand those things, but let's not act like it's that serious when we have guys like, Matter you Tia doing what they did in Matter you Tai. Anyway, yeah. uh, yeah, fair point. <laughs> and then, okay, last, last one. Ask me, Sharks, in honor of Ben Tio from the uh, 14 prelim, mm. what are the other great had that dog winning performances? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, 2016 grand final, Andrew Fafita, he had that dog in him. Fucking hell, he did. Mate, no, even that game when he, what game was it when he was spraying Flano in the box from the field? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he's like giving the field the finger. Uh, Aiden <laughs> Caesar playing hooker did not have that dog in him. <laughs> no, he didn't. Oh, but he, the other one, looking to the coach's box, like, can you? <laughs> That's why I thought of it. Yeah. Uh, Come on, Ricky. It's been, it's been long enough, mate. Come get on. Get me out of here. Uh, 
I don't, I don't want to nail down a guy as being tough. That, that having a dog in you, like you know, saying you play with your ruptured testicle doesn't mean you got that dog in you. But uh, oh, the Trell uh, Mitchell ruining Will Chambers' career in Origin, he yep. had that dog in him that day. <laughs> um, James Graham when he bit someone, literally had that dog in him. He did. Fucking hell. Uh, God, in the that, answer time section, Thorson uh, replied, well. "Joel Monahan, 2010 Mad Monday." Which <laughs> no, he is in that correct. <laughs> I'm happy to end it there. Mate, I'm happy to him end it right dog. there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. All right. We've come okay. to the end of another episode. We'll be back uh, Monday for our Origin preview. Everyone enjoy the games this weekend. Stay safe. Stay warm, really. It's freezing. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. That's goodbye from me. <laughs>